This is The Witching Hour, podcast number 18, and in this program, New Year, New Beginnings. What about tarot as a tool for defining the coming months? And new faith for some intrepid explorers, the legacy of paganism as seen through the eyes of yours truly and none other than Carl McColeman. You don't want to miss any of this, so sit back and relax. Send someone else for the herbal tea and snacks. Hi, my name is Elle Shepard, and welcome to The Witching Hour. If you are new to our podcast, let me explain a little bit about what we're about. First, this is a pagan podcast about all things pagan and sometimes a few in-between goodies. Second, sometimes I'll fly solo on the program, but other times my favorite guy in the entire world will be be here to do this with me uh, with his own topics, or I'll have a guest or two and we'll just run the gamut of topics with the strange and mystical and magical realm of paganism and pagans. And last, we are trying to build a library of comments and request about things that are pagan and none. So if you are on our podcast site, you should easily find a link to us or a button where you can leave us your comments, questions, and suggestions. If you don't, our wizard tech will tell you how at the end of this program. Let us hear from you. So let's get this show on the road. How was your new year? What did you put behind you, and what did you resolve for the upcoming year, if anything? Let's see if we can shed any new ideas getting a good start on the new year. Pagans have two New Years. Samhain, the most well-known and celebrated in October, is full of rites and rituals and gatherings under the moon and in homes and forests and at the seashore and lake sites with such enthusiasm and careful planning that the great fun generated by those fabulous events defy description. I should know, Bill and I attend one each year. And then, in almost all countries, continents, and cultures, Christian and none, celebrate when the Gregorian calendar transcends from one year into the other, celebrating the new year in too many ways to even attempt to describe for this show. The world descends into million-dollar fireworks and dancing, blowing horns and noisemakers, attending parties, and most don't even remember much the next day, and dodging traffic as they weave and wobble to live another year and repeat the whole thing over again. Pagans like to celebrate both New Year's, and they like to do it with the gusto that defies good sense and safety. And the burning question is, why? I know why I do it. I want to see the New Year calendar in and put all the old and negative experiences, thought, and fears behind me. I mean, it's kind of an insurance policy for the burning of all that sort of thing during Samhain. And you don't have to drag your poor old ancestors out of their quiet veil for a second veneration and respectful adoration and then carefully deposit them back into the dark place you dragged them from in the first place. Non-pagan New Year's ask very little of you, nothing at all if you are not moved to make some changes in your life. Some folks are so happy with their lives that they're living in perfect harmony with the universe that they just curl up with a good book on New Year's Eve, and for those who do, I apologize in advance. 
I know you're laughing your ass is off right now, which is um, why another New Year's each December 31st is really important to the world at large. The New Year is a chance to shuck off all the old feelings, situations, relationships, jobs, grieving, ill health, and anything else that has weighted you down like a bag full of mud for the past. All your past, hopefully. So if you have the guts and commitment to make something magical happen to you in this new year, some of what we discussed tonight may, and I say that with a huge smile, um, should actually scoot you enthusiastically into 2018 with the courage to look into the future and regain some of the power and magic you once had. Not that you lost it, but if you did. It doesn't go anywhere you know. It never leaves you, and but it sleeps if you give up on yourself. You need personal reserves of strength to see through this process. So, how can you access the old magic? Socializing, getting out with people, meeting new people, is a great way to boost your spirits and your immune system. Get together with friends and family. Dine with each other. Cook. Share a meal. Have a comforting cup of tea with a friend, or many, many cups of tea. Ask others about themselves. Make them feel like they are the only person in the room. You'd be surprised how many hidden stories and incredible personalities are just waiting to be asked to share something about themselves. I mean, simply enjoying each other's company without giving a single thought of your own troubles. Sometimes we turn inward at this time of year. You need to know that isolation is the worst thing you can do on the new journey. Wrapping yourself in your own misery is very counterproductive and bloody boring to the folks around you. Staying away from friends and family puts an automatic wall between you and them. Actively seeking out others. You have no idea how many interesting people are wandering around out there. Be brave. Ask someone a question. See what happens. Move on to the next person if they are not receptive. Just don't give up. If talking to others isn't in your comfort zone, what is? Do you cook, garden, write, read books, attend the theater, go to movies, ride horses, walk, bike, paint, draw, sing, dance? Oh yeah, you can do almost all of this alone. Goddess knows I do. I have provided William with hours of laughter in a lifetime together, but then, <laughs> but then we are close to perfect for each other. P.S. Have you thought about going to a meeting? Just go to meeting.com or meetup, excuse me, meetup.com anywhere in the USA on your computer. They are local as well, and they have really good ways to meet others with as little stress as possible. William and I used this time to tear bits of the house apart and devise ways to better organize all the stuff we have. Oh, yes. This is sometimes painful for both of us, but the results are awesome. Finding keepsakes, photos, and personal items that we haven't seen for a decade or two is more fun and often produces a few tears. Events, places, family, and people you have known in your lifetime, present or past, never leaves you. Embrace it. Enjoy the memories, even if they are sad. It's all part of you. And then put it away and revisit it again when you need it. Above all, and especially if you're pagan, don't forget nature. 
take a walk and talk with Mother, I mean the great mother of us all, or speak with the deity that you connect with most. Most pagans today understand that you do not have to jump through hoops to commune with your gods or goddesses. They always listen. No amount of repetition of words or phrases, dancing in circles, beating drums, building fires, and lighting candles will induce the mother any quicker than your personal words to her, quietly and earnestly sent from your heart. And nothing will give you more peace of mind than a one-on-one with her. Try it. Of course, if you like all the beating of drums, turning circles, and this, that, and the other, that's okay, too, because it's fun. 2018 will give you as much positive new growth and and ideas and magic in your life as you allow it, and it is up to you. Are you up for it? I hope so, and in the meantime, I wish you love, joy, and magic in your life, as Mother and you agree you need. Then there's always next year. Never give up. You are a child of the Great Mother, and she is always with you. Okay, now, on to our next segment, which is about tarot. Bill, take it away. What's tarot? It's reading cards. It's telling fortunes. It's finding out the deep, dark secrets in your life. Or is it? Tarot can be used so much more than just divination. You can use the cards for focused intention and manifestation. Want to expand a particular energy in your life? Enhance an area. Invite more. Then consciously choose the cards that represent whatever it is you want to attract. Don't rely on randomness or blind card-of-the-day pulls to guess what it is you really want. That's a bit like wanting to make a specific recipe and going to a supermarket blindfold and pulling things off the shelves randomly. It doesn't work. As we start a new year, many of us are thinking of what has passed away, and yet what is to come. If you'd like to jumpstart a new beginning, here are 22 cards to help initiate your journey. Grab your favorite deck and pull out the major arcana cards. You can place the cards on your altar, stick on your fridge with a magnet, keep it in your wallet, create a desktop wallpaper, or screensaver with it. Whatever helps with your specific focus and intentions. Select cards can also be used for spell work and rituals. The major arcana cards are the most recognizable and impactful cards in a tarot deck. These 22 cards represent situations we all face in the grand scheme of life, with each carrying a specific message of perspective and guidance to help you in times of need. While the minor arcana cards focus on the everyday actions and decisions you must face, these major cards reveal messages about the bigger picture of your life and its long-term direction. Though each of the major cards stands alone with its own deep meanings and influences, linearly speaking, these 22 cards also tell a story. The first card, the Fool, that's me more often than not, is the main character of the story, and his experiences as he learns, grows, and makes his way through life are represented by the 21 cards that follow. This storyline is a great description of the accomplishments, setbacks, and lessons we all learn as we go through the trials and tribulations of our lifetime, growing into whole complete beings by the end of our journey. So look at the cards as a sort of roadmap, spread before you like a guide with paths to the left, paths to the right, or straight ahead. There is no path more right or more wrong when it comes to tarot, as the correct way differs constantly and depends on those small nuances in our lives that oftentimes we don't even notice. 
That's why I'm here. I'm a map reader, and perhaps with your help, I can nudge you in the right direction. Let's have a go at it. Each podcast, I will delve into the meanings of one or two cards. And with the help of your questions, if you have any, if you want to send them, we will explore the world of your life and mine. But before I go for today, let's look at one card. Today's card is The Fool. The Fool is the first card in a tarot deck because he is the most vulnerable of all the tarot's archetypes. He has not yet experienced the ups and downs of life, leaving him unaware of the magnitude of life's challenges and the strength and potential he holds. When The Fool comes up in a tarot reading, you are encouraged to take on his open, willing energy and embrace all that lies ahead of you without worry. But that's enough to digest for today, so let's put on our thinking caps and see where we go from here. And until next time, happy tarrowing and send those questions. Thanks, sweetie. That was wonderful. And as you know, your wife knows nothing about tarot, so this is going to be a good good thing for me, too. I can catch up with each each episode. Okay, last thing we want to talk about today is new faith for some intrepid explorers who really and truly don't know much about paganism but are exploring all sorts of faiths. I get these questions all the time about exactly what is paganism. And I can give overviews, and the overviews are usually pretty good, but I don't think it answers as fully as the reason that I'm about to explain to you that I formed ancient path uh, Covenstead um, exactly the way I did and for the reasons that I did. Without going into too much detail here today, I can just tell you that one of the things I noticed when I um, hit the Augusta area and was looking desperately for pagan groups, the thing that really (laughs) was very disappointing was everybody I talked to that had had belonged to one or belonged to the remnants of one told me They just never held together. The reasons that they gave me were sometimes understandable, other times really, really sad. Um, You know, it has to do with sometimes people just relocate and this, that, and the other. Other times there's there's always some sort of power struggle or so on and so on. Things that I've heard so often in my pagan life that it really and truly almost discouraged me. But then I read something Uh, written by a man called Carl McCollman. Now, some of you may be familiar with Carl McCollman, and if you are, you you will know what I'm about to tell you is true. He was a pagan for a long, long time. He was a brilliant writer. He still is. And he wrote a beautiful, beautiful treatise about paganism, which truly explains it about as well as anyone can. And he explains it in segments. And uh, so that's what I'm going to be bringing you for the, for the new year, for the next few months. I'm going to share Carl McCollman's uh, treatise on paganism. And especially for those of you who are still seeking or have not settled on a path in particular. Uh, the reason that I was able to form um, Ancient Path for the Augusta area, uh, which, by the way, I'm retired from, but my sweetie heart, uh, uh, David Harden is now the high priest there. I invested him myself. So I know that he's doing great work. Everybody says he's doing great work. Um, and this particular uh, uh, pagan path is holding together. And I really and truly feel like a lot of it has to do with what I'm about to tell you. Now, today I'm going to give you a spoiler. We are going to ex- explore the works of Carl McCullman. 
But I want to tell you that after doing all the work he did and all the years that he was um, a pagan and a practicing pagan, he left and he went back to uh, Catholicism. And he writes a whole treatise, which I will share with you probably in the first podcast, um, called After the Magic. And um, I'm going to read his two opening uh, quotes. He says, My journey to Catholicism was, ironically, the logical extension of applying pagan principles to my life. The second one is, and I'm not sure that I agree with it exactly, but I understand why he said it. Paganism is a religion of experience, not faith. And that is that really stood out to me, and it made me think, aha, now I know what we have to do. He goes on to say, it's not about what you believe. It is a path based on what you do, not what you think. So um, I'm going to tease you a little bit and tell you to please think about that. But I'm going to tell you that the reason I formed and the principles that I formed Ancient Path Covenstead here in Augusta was based exactly on this in a nutshell. I figured there has to be a reason that pagans aren't holding together. And so when I read this, even though I do not agree with all of it, I will tell you, he didn't say anything ugly or bad about paganism because he really couldn't, and he acknowledges that. But what I feel like paganism has left out of the faith, and oh yes, it is a faith to me, it is a religion to me, are the things that he left it for to go back to an organized religion. I know everybody shudders when you say organized religion. But let me tell you that there isn't a faith on earth, there isn't a religion on earth that does not follow some principle that keeps it together and keeps the people that want to be connected to it together. And that's what I formed it on. That's what I formed the Covenstead on. And that's what I'll be telling you about for the next few months in the Witching Hour. So, that's it for this show. You are hearing us thanks to our fabulous tech wizards and the Coil Entertainment Network. We hope you enjoyed Podcast 18, and we will be back next month with more pagan news, information, and tales of this wonderful, welcoming, natural, and forever beautiful religion. Night, sweetie. Don't forget the tarot table. (laughs) The Witching Hour has been brought to you by the Coil Entertainment Network. Visit our website, coil.us, C-O-Y-L dot U-S, and check out the Witching Hour site as well, thewitchinghour.com. Both have links to the Coil Shop, where you can now support the show by getting a Witching Hour t-shirt. And don't forget to leave Elle and Bill notes and questions. Contact information for Facebook and email are both on the website. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.